Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Um, Our guest today is a trumpeter extraordinaire. And I tell you, when you listen to this man's music, you can just get lost in it in a good way. Man, I've been listening to this man's music for a while now and have always been really, really impressed. And got to tell you that there's it's um, it's it's fluid it's jazzy it's funky it's soulful it's it's simple it's complex it's all those things at the same time he's got seven albums to his credit um he's had 16 singles on the billboard jazz charts he's and he was also a, a member of that famed fam you marching band so ladies and gentlemen welcome to the show today mr lynn roundtree lynn thank you for joining us man Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for the uh, for for the uh, the accolade that the, the list of accolades that I, I I appreciate that. Well, they're well deserved, man. I gotta tell you, you really are making a um, quite a name for yourself in this um, in this contemporary jazz genre. And I, you know, when like there aren't a whole lot of trumpeters. There's a few, but when you know when I hear like I can when I hear one of your songs on radio. I know it's you like there's there's a there's a uniqueness to your sound, even though your songs aren't your songs certainly are very different in a lot of ways. There's uniqueness to your sound. How did you cultivate your sound? It's interesting you said that because that has been in the forefront of my uh, of uh, my mind from from the outset. You know, I I started out um, in obviously the marching band at, at, at FAMU. And, uh, you know, just cutting my teeth, learning how to perform and, and, you know, perform while running around. So if you ever see me on stage, you see me running around. That's all. That's all my fam. You training and everything. But uh-huh. when, we, when I graduated and we figured out what we wanted to do, of course, you fall in jazz. You had a lot of great jazz legends down there. So, yeah. so you want to be a jazz, jazz trumpet player. And uh, as I started to evolve, uh, going to the jam sessions and, and, and listening to all the trumpet players, um, I, I said, man, there's got to be a way that I can, because I'm an R&B guy at heart, R&B soul. That's what I grew up on, gospel, R&B, and soul. I just got introduced to, you know, hard jazz right after college, uh, and, and I loved it. But I said, you know, how can I, you know, fuse the two uh, and, and express my love of R&B through my trumpet? And there weren't a whole lot of trumpet players that sounded, you know, like that in an R&B environment. So that's what I actively set forth to, to try and do in my career is to, to carve a niche for myself. Because, you know, when you when you go to R&B bands, they're not hiring trumpet players as a sideman. The first people they hire is uh, maybe saxophone player right. or guitar player. Uh, but trumpet's not seen as a traditional R&B instrument. It's a, it's a monster jazz instrument or orchestral instrument or background horns instrument when you yeah. talk about R&B or funk. But it's not a lead R&B instrument. And so that's what I wanted to do. And so that's where you hear my sound. Um, started to evolve playing on the circuit in Detroit, playing in the club circuit, you know, the R&B club circuit. I had to put an R&B band together. Uh-huh. And, uh, and and that's how I tried to refine my sound. I tried to, to, to sound soulful yeah. um, while at the same time not sounding too basic, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, having having some, some character to my playing. Uh, you know, of course, I listened to my greats and the Miles and uh, and 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 Freddie and, and Lee Morgan and yeah. and the Cats, man, Diz, Clifford Brown, Fats Navarro, all the Cats, man. I listened to and, and you know, quote unquote, worship with Marsalis, all these guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I gravitate towards the Roy Hargroves and towards the Lee Morgans and towards the 
the Donald Birds yeah. stuff he was doing in the in the, in the 70s and and uh, even Blue Mitchell and, and Tom Brown because yeah. these guys were 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 and Miles Davis of course these guys were setting their own you know setting their own sound in yeah. terms of that yeah. R&B and that soul so I know it's a long-winded answer but you know I, I ended up that's how I ended up being and trying to trying to have a, a particular sound yeah and, and it's interesting you said that when you hear me that's what I want I want people to hear my sound and say it's Oh, it's Lynn Roundtree. Yeah, whether they yeah. like it, whether they don't like it, what, yeah. what have you, that's Lynn Roundtree because I know his sound. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully more people like it than don't. <laughs> it's funny as I was getting I was getting ready to come out this morning and I was listening to uh, Watercolors and and one of your songs came on and the exact thing that you said I was like oh that's Lynn you know it's like yeah. it's it's yeah. you know it you know and and you know but you've 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 built such a reputation now and have had I mean sixteen. I mean, singles on the Billboard charts—that's a lot, you know. That's that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, it's it's just. It, I I think a lot of times in this industry is about longevity. I mean, with any yeah. industry, but particularly in music, um, I, I know, you know, a lot of people, and I I actually consult with a lot of younger people coming up as well. Mm-hmm. As, as I'm trying to climb as well, but I lift as I climb is my motto. Um, but uh, you know, I I. I tell them, I was like, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. I mean, right, you, you have to right. put in the work. Um, you have to create, you know, music. And what you can control is writing and putting out music. You can't control yeah. a lot of stuff in this industry, but you certainly can control mu- your, your music. And so you put out records and people start to get to know you, start to hear you, start to listen to and, and, mm-hmm. and develop a, a, you develop a following and you get a certain sound and you'll find your sound after you, you continue to listen. So that's, that, that's my mission. It's longevity yeah. in the industry. You know, I've been doing this thing, not nearly as long as some, some of, some of the people that, that came before me, but you know, I came uh-huh. up with my first album in, uh, in 2005, you know, so yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been, I've been putting it out and, you know, hit or miss. I just keep putting out records. And somebody told yeah. me back in the day, one of my good buddies when I was coming up uh, and she was giving me some counseling, um, by the name of Kim Giles, and I always give her okay. credit. I said, you know, what what am I supposed to do? I just can't. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if people are listening to me or or what. I can't get on the shows. She was like, look, put out music. People are listening to you. People will continue to follow you. They not even, most people may not ever even respond or let you know that yeah. they're listening to you. But people are listening. So yeah, do yeah. what you can do. What you do control your what you can control, and the rest will fall into place. And that's what yeah. I've done. I think that's really good advice because, you know, as you're talking, you know, you're making a point that I've heard several artists make, and that is the, you know, it's the music business, right? And and I, the people like yourself who I have found who have had been able to have that longevity and that staying power are people who, I had a similar conversation with Julian Vaughn a few weeks ago, are people who are able to compartmentalize the music and mm. the business, right? Yep. The music is 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 the pure side of it. It's the it's the muse, right? The business is the side you got to make sure you're handling, right? Mm-hmm. But you Absolutely. can't let that impact the music side, right? Mm-hmm. You got to make the music from the heart. It's a it's a tug of war, man, and and you know, like you said, every every, every one of us, and that's why you know I told you we almost have a support group amongst the musicians coming up, like the Julian Bonds and the Marcuses and Mark Andersons and all the cats, man. We at, on our level. You know, we we reach out to each other because it gets discouraging, and so yeah. in the business and with anything in life, it's life. You know, it's it's not easy. And if it was yeah. if it was easy and everybody would do it, then you know you wouldn't have 
certain levels of success, but you know, you got to put in the work. And like you said, it's so key. You can't take it personal. Um, yeah. oftentimes on the business side. And I think some musicians, they take, take it personal. Oh, he doesn't like my music or my music's not this. I'm just going right, to quit. Right, right, right. And they quit, but right before they get to, you know, right before they get to the level that they, they want to get to. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and I think a lot more musicians quit than actually before they become successful, right at the point where they're going to become successful and bust mm-hmm. through. You just mm-hmm. got to stick with it. And again, you can't take it personal. It is a business. Yeah. There are yeah. certain times or certain reasons and rationales outside of your music or you absolutely as to why you don't get certain things or you're not on certain shows or you you don't get here or there and you wonder well, why why am i not what's my what's what am i doing wrong well, it may not yeah, be that yeah. you're doing anything wrong it just may not be the timing right know? exactly or or, exactly. or you may be something it may be something with your music you know so that's when you go back and you go in, and get in the wood shop and, and control what you can control you know, yeah. again, yeah. you know, you, you you can't be upset about the business if your music isn't, you know, up to par. If, if you're Absolutely. not listening to what's being played on the radio and the sound, not not necessarily, you know, uh, exactly what, you know, you need to play exactly to copy everybody else. But, you know, yeah. a sound stylistically, yeah. fundamentally, what what, you know, the the. The, the, the nuances of your tracks, you know, how they, what's the sound value of them? You know, yeah. is the sound quality the same as what's being heard? And, and that, that takes a lot of work as well. And so, yeah, and that keeps you as busy as does the music por- portion, trying to figure out how do I make a sound that's, that's not a copycat sound, but it is at least on the same professional level uh, mm-hmm. that programmers and people are used to hearing. And, uh, yeah. and and some musicians they they get lost in that and and their music isn't up to par and then they get upset and then the business hits and it all crumbles apart. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you're telling a, an unfortunate but real, real story. You you reference uh, this collective that you have with other musicians. Tell tell us more about that and and how you guys go about supporting one another and working with one another. Well, just as you said, uh, you know, when you beat your head up against the wall. Uh, every musician, every person is going to come, you know, up against a, a roadblock, mm-hmm. and it can be very because you put so much of your heart and soul into this music, man. And right. It's just, you know, you're making this album, you're putting your heart and soul. You, you, some of your relationships are going by the wayside because you're putting all of this into the music, yeah. and you, the, not to mention, now we were talking about the money that you actually put into into yeah. uh, developing your music and yourself, uh, and the, the the sweat and tears, and to get rejected. Uh, is just it's it's a roadblock and it's just it can be depressing, and yeah, so yeah. these groups, these collectives that I'm talking about are like-minded musicians. We're kind of at the same level. Um, uh-huh. We've got albums out. We've had some success on the radio. We're we're doing shows across the country, um, and you know we use each other as inspiration. You know, and we actually talk to yeah, each other. Hey, yeah. how are you doing this? How do you cope with this? Or how do you get through this point in time or, or we even send each other tracks. Hey, listen to this track. You know, what do you think? You know, cause uh-huh. you know, you listen to that your family listen to it. They love everything. You know, that's, I'll tell you that you right, can't right, let right. people <laughs> like that. Or, you know, people love you listen to it. You gotta let, you know, people that have an ear uh-huh. and are going to be brutally honest because somebody may, the programmers may get it. They're going to be brutally honest and just not play it. <laughs> and, and no one's going to tell you why they're not right, playing it. Right. You know, right. And then Good you're going to beat your head up against the wall. But yeah. that's what the collective is for. We send each other these tracks and say, hey, man, what do you think? Oh, man, this it's great, but 
you know, you might want to do something with the snare. You might want to do something here. You might want to, you might not want to engineer uh-huh. it yourself. You might want to just take this track and engineer it, have somebody else engineer it. Or you may just want to not even do this track, leave this track yeah. somewhere else and do something else. And so that's how honest we are with each other. Um, from, from that to what are you that's wearing cool. on stage, man? Where did you get that hat? Where did you, I mean, what, what it, you know, uh-huh. how, how are we going to come together and pull, you know, newer people into this genre? Because the genre is strong. It sometimes misses the boat in reaching yeah. out to new people and to, to repopulate um, right. the fans right, right, in, right. This fa- in this genre. Because when people are exposed to it, when people come out to a Julian Bond show, come out to a Lynn Roundtree show, come out to an Eric Darius show, come out to a Mark Sanderson show, come out to a Nate Mitchell show, Elon mm-hmm. Chapman show, they're going to, the younger people are going to say, whoa, wait a minute, this is not my father's jazz. This is not what I was, yeah. I can really dig yeah. this. I, I get it. You know, I can get with this. And, and that's what we want. Yeah. You know, we would love yeah. that. Hey, man, I, I didn't know anything That's about fantastic. jazz, but, you know, when I get that feedback, I didn't know anything about jazz. But when I heard you, man, I, you know, I, I love it. I, I didn't know. I, I'm. Yeah. Look, man, it's never too late to, 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 to and that's what, this is what the collective is about. This is yeah. what we, we, we talk about, you know, That's on a daily fantastic. basis. Yeah. That's awesome, man, because there's so many great things in that one. The point that you just made about introducing new fans we had an event and and one of your collective members julian played it in october and i cannot tell you how many people came up to me and said exactly what you said it's like i didn't know that this was jazz but if this is jazz i'm in right i mean you know i had so many people come and say that and then the other thing that i love about the fact that you guys are doing that is that it's the support thing that everybody needs regardless of what industry you're in but it takes a level of confidence to be able to come together with people and try to help each other rise, right? Because you can't be petty mm-hmm. when you're doing that. You got you to gotta be, nope. like you said, you got to be honest with one another because if you're not honest, it all falls apart, right? But you have to genuinely, yeah. I think, be interested in seeing them succeed as much as you succeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, 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 we give each other other opportunities. We talk yeah. each other up. You know, if I, if I have a show in Arizona with a certain promoter, he'll ask me, well, what do you think? I was like, Hey man, you know, what about Julian? What about this cat? You know, it, and then, you know, vice versa, they'll call and say, you know, Hey, Hey man, we don't get all of the money to bring in bands, you know, all yeah. the time we're trying to get there, but we can't travel with our whole band. So we need to use, you know, house bands. And, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, that's a daunting task sometimes if you haven't been to an area, you don't know a band. So yep. what do I do? You, you call a collective. Hey, man, I saw you were in Alabama. Yeah, Who did you yeah, use yeah, down yeah. there? Yeah. How were they? And, you know, who's the contact? And, and little things like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or th- is this promoter? I just do promoter just called me. I don't know anything about yeah, it. Yeah. You, you look like you work with him. I saw you work with him. What do you think? He's good. He's not good. You better get your money first. Yeah. You know, right, all right, that right. type of stuff, you know. And and so you know that all of that is it's valuable, yeah, you know, yeah. with us, and it's all it's all good for the fans, yeah, because it shows there's organization, yeah, there's a, 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 an active effort to appeal to, uh, to to newer fans and people um, in terms of a look, in terms of the music, in terms of the sound, uh, and it's good for the industry. Yeah, I keep no telling some of our some of our big brothers, man, you know, Najee and all of the guys that you know that look back and pull us up yeah. and have been, you know, rooting for us, man. They realize that, Hey, look, man, you know, let these young guys do all the work, man. Yeah. Let them go out there and run around stage and, and, and do all that stuff. We can sit back, we can smile, yeah. we can play our hits and, and we can still 
get our shows because they're helping to repopulate uh, our fan base. Yeah. And they're yeah. helping to, to continue to uplift them and pull up our fan base. And the guys that are, re- they're starting to realize that it took them a while because they, they looked at us as competition. Yeah. Uh, some still do, yeah. but, uh, you know, I think more so their management looks as as this competition, but some of the, the, I'd say for the most part, our big brothers, man, are rooting for us, man. Yeah. They, they really, Hey man, we, we like what you're doing. And, and so I, I was lucky enough to, to sit in with a lot of people over the last, last year, you know, I did a show with special effects. I mean, I've been watching special oh, effects yeah. all my life. Yeah. And they said, Hey man, you want to fill in for Eric Marienthal? Uh-huh. Uh, Cause he can't make it. I'm like, uh, yeah, but, <laughs> but uh, now I'm scared, you know, now I'm, now I'm nervous, you know, cause, cause you guys are special effects. I mean, yeah. you've been around and, and, and you guys are, you know, they're serious musicians, man, when you get on stage around them. But I mean, they opened the door up, they, they embraced it. They, That's they, cool. they, you know, they're, they're welcoming and, you know, had a good time. So, Cats like that, you know, the Najis, the, the Geralds, and all the guys that will that give you the, the the heads up. Even Rick, man, uh, Rick Brown, man, we we had an opportunity to uh, to kick it over the last couple of years uh, back in Chicago this past summer. Uh-huh. We kicked it for a couple of days at the at the fest. Him and Jonathan Butler and those guys were were really uh, in, encouraging. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, they they're really encouraging. You know, obviously they're looking at you out the side outside of their eye. Yeah. You know, yeah see yeah, what's yeah. going on, what right. you're doing, but. You know, they're they're really encouraged. You know, you mentioned you mentioned in those guys. You know, Najee was the very first guest we had on our podcast, and mm-hmm. he said something in that interview because I was asking him about the very thing you're talking about about how he has so many really really good musicians that are part of his band, and I was talking to him about you know how he's pushing that next generation out there, and he made a great comment to me that I'll never forget. He said he learned in life that just because somebody else is winning does not mean he's losing. You know. And, and, and I think that's a yeah. fantastic Amen. way of looking at things in life. You know, yeah. like it's, you know, helping others come up because you never know when you'll need help too. So helping others nope. come up is a great nope. thing. Yeah. You got it. You, like you said, you, you, you're climbing a ladder and you help somebody. Um, but, but you know, things don't last forever. And yeah. as you slide back down the ladder, yeah. you may need somebody to help catch you and put you back on the ladder. And that very person that you helped up the ladder or that's climbing up the ladder, they're all there to help catch you. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's, that's key. And, and even in my, in my position, you know, you still have all the, the, the cats that, that are just getting into it and, and they're, they're looking at me and, Hey man, you're successful. What, what do I do? I was like, well, I'm not as successful, successful as I need to be, <laughs> but I'm certainly blessed to, to be where I am. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and if I can impart any wisdom that, that I've been able to learn over the years through, through, through just, you know, Either, either other people telling me or just through experience, and I'm going to give you that. You know, I'm going to let you know, hey, and I'm going to give you the real, you know what I mean? So, yeah. and give you the knowledge. So it's up to you to be able to take that knowledge process and do what you want to do with it and, and, and move forward. That's fantastic, man. That's fantastic. So, when, Lynn, when did you, dis- when did you pick up a trumpet and, and begin your, your, your journey with this, with this instrument? And, and how did you, when did you know you wanted to be a musician? Well, it's funny because my, again, I say I come from an R&B background. My, my dad uh-huh. was a, uh, loved, uh, he loved gospel. He loved the, 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 the four-part harmony gospel male singers. That's my dad. Okay. My mom loved yeah, anything yeah. R&B. And so okay. you heard that all day growing up. Uh, my dad played the cornet, his mother's cornet. She passed away when he was very young. Uh, she left okay. him a cornet, and he played that a little bit in, in high school. But then he put it down and picked the guitars. So, you know, there was this, he put that, that, 
uh, cornet on the, the mantelpiece in our in our front room. You know, back in the day, you know, you had that front room that nobody mm-hmm. could really touch anything. And my dad said, "Well, right. you can go, you can go in the room, you you know, but stay out of the room. We all want this is our front room, this is our showroom. But uh, uh-huh. you know, you can if you want to, you can go, but you can't touch that cornet trumpet. That's the only thing you can't touch." I'm telling you, my okay. dad was the original Jedi mind master. Yeah, and, you know, Star Wars had nothing <laughs> on my dad. He was Jedi mind master because he knew I was going right for that trumpet. And, uh-huh. and the day that I touched it, I think he put a little pin on it to see if I had moved it. Um, he uh-huh. said, "He said, well, you touched the trumpet, didn't you? I touched the cornet, didn't you? I said, yeah, dad. He said, all right. He said, don't worry about it. He was like, but I'm going to teach you a valuable lesson. Wherever you start something, that's why I tell you not to do it. You're going to finish it. He was like, there so, you so, you know. You can you can do you can do a lot of things in school, but the one thing you have to do now is you got to enroll in music and you got to play the trumpet. <laughs> and so it's that right. simple. All right. So I was in the fifth grade. I, I enrolled, got a got a little Bundy trumpet. Uh, you know, made my first note. It's like playing golf. You know, you play golf, you uh-huh. get that one good shot on your golfer. You get that one good shot. I bunch do. of bad shots, yeah. but but you 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 come back because of that one good shot. That's the way it was. That's exactly with, right. With, with with the trumpet, I hit that one beautiful note. You know. Every other note was terrible, but I said, you know, that's, I, you know, I felt it. I felt it in my soul when I hit uh-huh. that note. And I'm my dad, of course, he's, a, you know, I'm not going to upset, disappoint him. I'm going to keep playing the trumpet. And from the fifth grade on, I played, man. And then, uh, you know, when I came out of high school, um, I got a scholarship to Florida A&M University. And uh-huh. um, on my graduation, that was my graduation president, the, cor- president, the cornet. My dad wow. gave me that cornet and said, now you take this. He was like, and you put this on your mantle and, wow. you know, you keep this in the family and as a symbol of, you know, you not quitting and you not giving up. Yeah. So it's on that, my man, mantle What a piece. fantastic yeah. story. So it's on my man. Of, of course, my daughter doesn't yeah. want anything to do with it. I said, don't touch it. She said, that's fine. I don't have to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter wants to dance. So she said, I'm never yeah. going to touch that thing because daddy's too loud all day, every day. Uh-huh. But you know what, though? You know, that's the thing. that I love the story because, you know, like understanding the origins of someone. We listen to you. We see you on stage. And we don't have that backdrop, right? And being understand, being able to understand the origins, it helps us to understand to a degree how precious this craft is to you, yeah. right? Because yeah. this, is, this is forged in a, in a love of... Oh, your father's love for his mother and your love mm-hmm. for your father and yep. the, the lessons yep. that are being taught to you that you're carrying down to your family. And that's yep. a big deal. That's a yep. big deal. I, you know, I, I, I played with, uh, I had Mike Phillips uh, on my fifth project and he and I have, uh, have gone back and forth, uh, you know, you know, on different projects, various projects yeah. throughout the years. And but before I had ever played with him and had him on a track, I think I met him somewhere. And he said he had this idea of me um, because he had heard of me in smooth jazz. You know, uh-huh. he's more on the R&B, you know, soul side. Inherited me. He said my music was was OK. You know, he liked it. He was like, but when we actually talked and had a conversation, he said he went back and listened to the music. He said, now the music sounds different to me. He was like, that yeah, we've had this conversation. Yeah. So that's something along the lines of what you're saying, you know. When you yeah. have a conversation with somebody, you know where they're coming from and, and hear them. And the music even sounds different. Now, you you yeah. know, yeah. It, it, it's it's hard to put into words. But, you know, when you do know somebody's background and the origin of what they're about, you know, you yeah. hear different things. And the music does something different for you. So that's why it, 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 it's incumbent upon us to have 
opportunities like this so different people yes, can hear absolutely. that's why you are essential to us because we don't we're not singers yeah. we can't okay. bear our soul on the stage yeah. through you know through vocals which touches people in a different mm-hmm. way but being able to hear mm-hmm. our story means so much for us yeah yeah that's so true that's a great point well uh, we want to get into some of this good music that you make man and we're going to start off with um a song that i personally just love 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 this is me for me with uh, today's guest, Lynn Roundtree, featuring Lindsay Webster.
All right, everybody. That was Me From Me by Lynn Roundtree featuring Lindsay Webster. So, Lynn, tell me, how did this collaboration come about, you and Lindsay? Man, uh, Lindsay's got one of these soulful voices. And I think as we talked about knowing people, I I just heard her on on the radio until I got an opportunity to do a show with her. We were in Mm -hmm. Portugal um, doing doing the Algarve uh, Jazz Fest a few few years back. And uh, I was off stage listening to her vocal voice. And I said, man, I I just, you know, she's got great vocals. And uh, she's got such a soul in her voice. I mean, to be so young and have that much soul in her. I was like, that's that's amazing. The range and the timbre mm-hmm. of her voice. I like the, I like the, the those those alto soprano, alto you know second alto voices, man. That 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 can sure. have range and that are real solid. And um, I got an opportunity to have breakfast with her, uh, her and Keith. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, I, I, again, we talked about knowing somebody and just hearing her and her yeah, story yeah. and you know where she came from. You know, I said, look, we got to do something together because you know we we just uh-huh. connect. We connect. Uh, philosophically, we connect musically. I was like, I think it would be a dope collab. Um, yeah, and yeah. so I got back a uh, couple couple months later, and we started going through songs for the new album. And you know, I've got all yeah. I've always got a bunch of R and B tunes that I'm always working on. I always try to tell the label, hey, uh-huh. man, let's get this song out. Let's get this song out. They want to push me more towards the smooth <laughs> jazz sound. And so you know, I I finally got this the song. I was like, you know what? We should put vocals on this tune. And I, and I had the perfect person, uh-huh. so I sent sent it over to her, and she said, I love it. I, you know, she, she said, I got the lyrics for it. I was like, do you? She was like, yep, oh, cool. got the lyrics for it and everything. I was like, well, here's here's kind of where I hear it going, but, you know, again, if you do your thing, it's going to sound better because yeah. it's something that's coming from your heart, so I don't want to tell you what to do. Man, she brought these vocals back. Okay. I said, oh, my God. And, it, and the vocals that you hear in the track are the vocals that she sent back over to me um as a rough wow. and so wow. the thing i okay. did is build right around it when i got the, the players in we built around it we built you know um okay. instrumentation around it uh different sounds and everything but uh you know it worked and i put my horn around it and you know i i, I pride myself again on being able to play around and behind vocalists because you know coming up on the circuit in, in detroit that's what i did i had an r&b band and i had vocalists with me all the time yeah. who, who fronted the band and i was always you know, going around. So I, I you know, I, I love to comp vocalists, man, uh, real soulful vocalists. Yeah, yeah. And, and that one was a lock. I mean, I, I played down that, I maybe took two takes and, and that was it because she uh-huh. had laid it out and I just, I, I had a great time playing around her. So that's how the song came out. Hopefully we're going to release it at some point yeah. um, in, in, the fu- in the future. I think we've got more song to release, but we'll probably release that maybe in the, in the spring, summer. Man, release that song, please, because I got to tell you, man, you know, I when I when I when I prepare for the show, you know, I spend time listening yeah. to the artist music. Right. And, you know, I that's one I was I was working in uh, working in my office and I was listening to your stuff and I was listening. And that one, I probably played that about four or five times the other day, man. So, yeah. so release that song, please. I think I think everybody will yeah. be be as happy as I am to, yeah, to yeah, get a absolutely. chance to experience we'll, that one. So we'll tell, we'll tell the label that's next so, one up so, on cue. Good, 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 good. Well, we look forward to that. So tell us about you. You were, you were kind of talking about a little bit about your process, you know, and like in that instance, what is your process in general? How do you go about making and crafting your music? Uh, you know, I think a lot of times often people start with, you know, a melody. Um, and sometimes mm-hmm. I hear a melody, but, you know, with all of the songs that I've had, uh, you know, I've got, again, thank you for, for recognizing my seven CDs. That's, 
I think yeah. seven CDs, ten at least ten songs a CD, uh, if not more. Yeah. So you're yeah. 70, 80 songs in, and you imagine for each album you're probably putting together 15, 20 songs. You know, so I mean right. that's a lot of right. songs. Um, yeah. and, and that's a lot. That's the creativity. Sometimes you know you, you plateau. Your, your stuff starts sounding yeah. the same. Uh, so I, I in my later CDs, I started having a difficult time with melodies, and I started. Cause I used to start with the melody. I had all these melodies, uh-huh. but then I got a, you know, my melodies kind of disappeared because I, well, man, that yeah. sounds like this. And you start overthinking. So then I decided I was like, you know, uh, also a second way I write is from the baseline because I love yeah. bass lines. Okay. In fact, I set myself up in my live shows to where I can, you know, be right in front of the bass rig so I can play and hear what the uh-huh. bass is doing and feel it and play and, and, and interpret it to the audience. But, um, you know, I start with a baseline. You know, how, how do I want to okay. put this together? And so um, these later CDs, um, I've collaborated with other producers as well. That's another thing that we tell each other. Hey, look, man, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do everything. You know, it's yeah, okay to sure. collaborate with other producers, other people, because especially if you've been in the game for a minute. Because, you know, yeah. it, it gives you more inspiration. And so, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I started to do, collaborate. I used to take my stuff now and I collaborate with several several producers and say hey listen to this where do you think we should go um and then mm-hmm. we, we put chords to it we put a structure to it uh and then we come up with a, a melody to go around it or a melody that that kind of infuses with that and so that's been my process as of late um okay. To, to, okay to do the collab work with uh with cats like uh chris big dog davis uh who we, yeah. we realized he and i had you know we you know soul brothers right 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 from uh-huh. the start man you know because it was it's just easy to collab with him and you know, I, I can't say enough about Michael Roney. Uh, I, I was yeah. introduced to him on my first. Well, I did. A, I produced a song for Althea Renee um, called "The Thing Delicious," and uh, that's uh-huh. when I, I really collaborated with with Michael Broning on that tune. But on my tune, uh, um, "Past the Groove," uh, my first number one uh-huh. uh, single. Yeah, collaborated with Michael Broning, and we realized again. You know, we had the connection. I mean, he sent me that track. Uh-huh. I said, man, that's right up my alley. He said, I, that's what I thought it might be right up your alley. It took me two hours to lay the, lay the horn parts that you hear now. And, you know, that's it. Because some, some things I, I don't hear. Some some songs take me three and two and three weeks to, 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 to okay. come out and bang out. But when I can immediately throw a horn line down and that's it, boom, you know, we are connected. And that's what happens with Michael yeah. Bonick. So as of late, I've been doing a lot of collab work with, with cats like that. My old school producer, Mr. Dana Davis, we collab on a lot of things. I used to send him entire songs that I had written and he used to send them back to me, you know, with, you know, sounding professional because I used to send him uh-huh, the songs uh-huh. with, off a little Casio thing <laughs> and he used to send them back. He's, this is what you meant to say. I was like, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Uh-huh. And so, so, you know, that's, that's, that's cool. my process now. And, and I think, you know, I, I, I do produce some things on my own, um, especially within the R and B environment. Uh, but you know, I, I'm leaning towards the collaborations nowadays more so than anything. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good, good, good. Do you prefer spending your time working in the studio or do you prefer being out on the stage? It's twofold. I mean, I, yeah, I love both for different reasons. So I don't know if there's mm-hmm. a preference for one or the other. Um, of course I'd love, I think if I, if you had to pull, if you had to, you know, if you had to force me to, to choose, I, I would say being yeah. in front of the fans. Yeah, I really love being in front of fans, okay. but uh, you know, creating in a studio as frustrating as long and as monotonous it can be as it can be sometimes. When you finish that product and you you, you listen back to what you've done, uh, there's there's no more 
gratification in the world. And then especially when you actually hear what you've done, sitting down here in your basement, playing on the radio uh-huh. for hundreds of thousands of people to listen to, you know, somewhere in Cambodia, right. you know, somebody's listening to something that you did yeah. right down here in your little basement. That's that, that is, uh, it's just, you can't put it into words, you know? So, but I, I think I do prefer being yeah. in front of the people. Uh, and sharing the music, but you don't get there if you don't, you know, uh-huh. record if you don't make music for people to take home with. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so after you're do after you've done a show, like, what is that? You know, what do you like to do? Like, is it like have you you've poured all yourself out? Like, is it time for you to go and hang out? Is it time for you to go decompress? How do you, how do you what do you do after oh, shows, man? man? I see. I, I see you've been around a lot of musicians. Yeah. With people, you know, so I'm gonna start out with this. Might be a little long, but that's okay. When, when you're when you're doing these shows and you're all over the place, you're in this city, yeah. you're in New York, you're in Dallas, you're in DC, you're everywhere. People that don't know, they said, "Man, you're all over the place, man. You're always on the plane, and you get to see these great places, and you know, man, this must be great." Yeah. Well, as a musician, before the show is probably the most anxious, wound up time. Uh, that you could ever have. You want all these, man, I want to be on this festival, that festival. Yeah. When you get the festival, now a week before you're balling out uh-huh. because you just want everything to go right. You, you want the music to go right. You want the show, you, you don't know what to expect. You don't know what the stage is going to sound like. You get the sound check and, you know, you, you don't know how, how it's going to look. Yeah. What's what, 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 you know, what, what people are going to be, be doing or pe- people going to, know your sound and is the band going to know, especially when we're traveling with different bands uh-huh. or we have to have to rehearse with different bands. Are they going to know my music? I'm going to play it like I need. So you're wound up. Yeah. Um, and you can't even sleep the night before. I like to come in the night before of a show because, uh-huh. you know, I, I sometimes you're forced to play a show on the same day you travel, uh-huh. but I don't like doing it because it's just, it's yeah. just too nerve wracking. Uh, but the night before you could really, you can only get a few hours of sleep because you wake up early as a trumpet player i gotta start warming up and you know mm-hmm. warm my lips up and all that other stuff and you're thinking about the music you might try and force yourself to watch a netflix show or do something or yeah. grab something to eat but you're never really comfortable you're never really at ease you're always in the back of your mind i gotta do this show things have to be right on up to the show and, and i know people right before the show some people still get nervous i mean to the uh-huh. point where you got balls in your stomach and you got you know, you got you you you're sick to your stomach, or you know, you, you got to make yeah. sure you have to go. You know, use the restroom before or what have you, because you don't know what's going what's going on with your outfit. But when right, you right, finish right. the show, man, and and or you play that first note, and you're in the show, you're in it. You finish that show, and you see people kind of stand up and give you a standing ovation. You sell the CDs, you pack up all your equipment. Yeah. Like you said, now it's time to woosah. Now uh-huh. right, let me let me grab a cocktail. Let me go yeah. go to the lounge in the hotel. Let me go visit because you know everybody wants you to visit too. All cousins and all that yeah. stuff coming. Hey man, you let's go out. I can't go out, man. I, I got a sound check. Or if I go out, let's grab a quick bite and I go back to the hotel. But afterwards, that's when it's time to chill. And, and you chill hard because you know yeah. you've put in the work and it's gratifying. You feel good about it, especially even if you haven't been perfect on your show. You still feel uh-huh. good because you did it. You 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 you've you, you're done. You you've gotten the the anxiety is gone. Um, yeah. Now it's time to to woosah, to release, uh, to kick back. You might even want to you know hang, hang with the promoter and and have have a have a cocktail with the promoter and mm-hmm. you know, get to know mm-hmm. him, his people, his family, and and you know talk about the show. But yeah, it is definitely time to kick back yeah. And, yeah. and hang. And then you get that good sleep unless you have a five o'clock you know uh, lobby call in the morning, <laughs> five a.m. lobby call. You can really sleep. That's why, again, when I'm leaving out, I try to leave later so that 
I'm yeah. not up to crack it down unless you have to do another show somewhere else. But yeah. you know, you 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 want to get time. You know, I've been yeah. places where you know I've taken my wife, and you know, we've been to places Las Vegas where we're in a great hotel, a five star hotel. Uh-huh. And she said, "Man, this is great." I said, "Well, no, I got to go. I get in. I check in. I got to sound check." And yes. then you go to sound check, you come back, spend two hours, you get ready for the show. Um, you go do the show, you come back, 11, 12 o'clock. Uh, and then you got a five o'clock lobby call. Literally, yeah. you spent maybe six hours in this great five-star hotel, mm-hmm. great accommodations, everything's great. Beds are so comfortable. They're extra comfortable when you don't have yeah. time to stand in them. They're, they're, they're <laughs> the most plush, best bed you can be when you only have two two minutes to be in them. And you got to uh-huh. go. And then my wife said, man, this is not what I thought it was. She's yeah. like, I thought, I was like, no, nah, it's when you see it's, it is sometimes, but you yeah. know, most of the time it's you're on the ground, you're in, you're out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I you, you know, you're sharing so much knowledge and wisdom with, with our listeners today, because I think that, you know, people think that it's, you know, being a musician is just one big party, you know, and yeah. like, they don't understand, like, Sometimes like the creative process is a daunting process because you Mm -hmm. guys start with you guys basically start with a blank piece of paper and bring it to life. Right. And that only comes from inside of you. And so everything you put out is a piece of you. Mm -hmm. And so like for like there's a there's a different level of caring. Mm -hmm that goes into that. And particularly for somebody like you to get to the level that you're at, like you don't get there by happenstance. No, 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 you don't. You certainly don't. And, and like you said, it's, it's a piece of you. That's why you're so anxious, you know, because Mm -hmm. it is your music. And then, you know, the the other caveat to that is that, you know, people coming out to see Lynn Roundtree, especially if you, you know, that's, I forgot even say that, that component right there can, can, can drive someone absolutely crazy because, you're expected to be Lynn Roundtree as far as you know. Carl, right. you've got my CDs. You've been following me. You may have seen some YouTube clips, whatever. And, you know, it's, you bought, you know, whatever you paid for the ticket, you know, $30, right. $40, $50 in some respects. And, and now you're sitting in the chair. Yeah. And, you, all right, I'm wait, ready to be in a tank. Come uh-huh, on, Mr. Roundtree. Uh-huh. Come, uh-huh. come on, Mr. Horn, man. You know? Yeah. And then, then you got some nice fans. And then you got the fans like the old school jazz guys. Come on, let's see what you got. You know, uh-huh. and they're sitting right down front. You go, you yes, show, sir. you know, places like, like, uh, like, uh, 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 Blues Alley, where the people uh-huh. are literally, I mean, you can hit somebody with the belly of your trumpet. They're sitting so close. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, yeah. or these big, huge festivals where there's, you know, 2,000 people and they're all staring at you. Right. You know, right, you right. can't hide. You can't, you got the band back there, of course, but. Yeah. They're like, I'm a side fan. That ain't me. Right, 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 <laughs> that's, right, right. That's not me. Even if I mess up, it's still Lynn Roundtree messed up. Lynn Roundtree sounds bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's yeah. why us as musicians, we're like, we got to make sure, because look, y'all, if y'all don't play this right, it's not y'all. Yeah. It's yeah. Lynn Roundtree. And they don't yeah. know that. And I try not to call anybody on the bandstand. And I don't, I don't, I, I kind of, I don't like musicians that do that. They call their band members out. Again, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like being a quarterback of a team. Yeah, yeah the, the guy may not block for you or he may miss an assignment, but ultimately it's you. You take yeah. responsibility. So yeah. if the bass player is messing up or messes something up, I'm not going to be on stage. Well, he don't know what he's doing. and you know, He yeah. just learned the material yesterday, so I apologize. I don't like when artists do that, man. I, I think that's that's not that's not classy. Yeah. You take it in stride, and, and but again, that's what adds to the nerves and the anxiety yeah. because everything's on you. And I yeah. see a lot of musicians that sometimes leads to, uh, you know, chemical dependence because some yeah some, some artists you know or through the years you got to be 
live Roundtree. You yeah, always have yeah. to be up. And yeah. sometimes you second guess yourself. You're like, why are these people coming to see me, man? I'm, I sound terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. These people like me, and I, how, how can I be Lynn Roundtree every night? Yeah. And so again, that's that's that other component to to being an artist, a performer, uh, and a musician, and uh, to 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 understand the anxiety and the level of anxiety yeah. that goes into it because you care so much. And it's a crazy duality, right? Because like um, I, 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 I owned an advertising agency for 20 years before I got into the music business. So I was always out presenting to clients and things like that and big companies and things like that. And it was similar to what you were describing, right? There's this whole level of preparedness you got to get to and then there's anxiety right before the meeting starts and then you got to be on and you better be good mm-hmm. because they open the door and let you in. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then yeah. when, it, when it's over, you're just kind of like, Huh, you know, and yeah. that is like, you know, like it's it's this crazy duality because as much as the anxiety is and gearing up to it, man, there's nothing like doing it. And you, con- nothing I, like you continue doing, yes. to chase it, you know, <laughs> yes, there's nothing yeah. like it. I want to do this. I want to do that. And he said, what did I just get myself into when you get the contract? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah oh, that's but, another thing. The, the promoters got you in. And this promoter's taking a, a chance on you. They haven't yeah. seen you. They don't know what you do, too. So you're like, now he's standing backstage looking at his audience, look at you. Yeah. And look at yeah. you know, what you do. And he's seen 100 people like you on stage. Yeah. So he yeah. he knows from his experience if you know what you're doing or if you're struggling or, you know, if you're not ready for the moment just yet. Yeah. yeah. And, and and then he's going to tell other promoters. And so, yeah. you know, all of that is going through your head. And I got to, you know, how to look right. I got to dress right. I can't, you mm-hmm. know, do this. I got to on stage. I got blah, blah. You know, it. it it's it it's daunting. Yeah, and it, you talk about that. You know how you you know the promoters talk to the promoters, the artists talk to the artists, and that's so true. You know, like I when I first got into this, I I I didn't know anything about you know putting on a festival. You know, but you know I connected with some guys who have been doing it for a long time, and I started, and they were gracious enough to share some knowledge with me, some wisdom with me. And then as I got into it, I really started to learn. I felt like I told my friends that I paid the rookie tax in the beginning, right? Because there's stuff I just <laughs> right. didn't know, right? Yeah, sometimes you don't but know. Then, yeah. I, then I started to learn. And one of the things that, you know, I found was that, like for me, from the promoter side of the fence, things you mentioned, pay people what you said you're going to pay them and pay them on time, right? Respect them as artists, respect their craft, and try to provide for them the best possible experience that you can provide when they come to your home. It's like mm-hmm. letting somebody into your house. If somebody yeah. comes to your house, you're going to treat them right. Mm-hmm. And then let them go do what they do. And it pays off. You yeah. know, it yeah. pays off. It pays off because people like you guys say, man, I played that gig and that gig was cool. They were, they were decent people. They treated me well. That and goes, that I would go back quick, there, yeah. that, you know, yeah. and, and it, yeah. And you guys tell each other and then, that makes a huge difference. That makes mm-hmm. a huge difference. And respecting the craft is so important because like mm-hmm. I've seen shows, I was at a show this summer and they had a house band and I'm not, I'm not opposed to house bands personally, but you can tell it takes away from the leaders ability to, to do what they do because they're checking with, with this band member to make sure this band member has it right or that band member, instead of just going up there knowing that I know my people, I know my people know it. We just gonna go out here and make it happen, you yeah. know. Yeah. So. Well, and and that's 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 it, man. You said you 
you don't know all of this stuff unless you're mm -hmm. in, in mm -hmm. you know, all of these little nuances and, and all. And, and for us, it's the same thing for the musicians. Yeah, we, we, we talk about what promoters this, but I always, always tell my cats and the younger cats too. I'm like, look, man, everything's a representation of you. Yeah. You're being watched. I was like, you're being professional, um, you know, understanding that, you know, yeah, you, you, you're there to have a good time, but this promoters is paying you to, 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 to make his audience mm -hmm, feel mm -hmm. good. Um, he's, he's not paying you to curse people out. He's not paying yeah. you to be late. He's not, you know, he's expecting yeah. you to do a yeah. service. And he has seen other people who come in and, and hey, that's one thing I make myself, I make, make sure I'm not a problem yeah. for the promoter. The promoter asks me, are you okay with, I'm okay with this. Yeah. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. I didn't get a whole sound check. We'll make it work. You know, I'm, I, I'm not a right, right, you know, right. you know, because I, I, I want to, I want to let the promoter know, Hey, look, man, I value your yeah. Yeah. show. You know, I value what you're trying to do. I understand how difficult it is for yeah, you to put yeah. on a show and and for you to take a chance getting me yeah. to your show, especially if you don't know necessarily who, how, who I am or, you know, you don't know how to, your crowd is going to respond to me. Only thing you've heard is from right. other people and, you know, some clips here, there. And, you know, so you're you're taking a chance on me. You signed. And so again, yeah. it's a give and take. It's like we, we have a responsibility to mm -hmm. be professional, to be dressed well, to, to, to not say anything dumb on the yeah. microphone and 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 you know to to, yeah. to entertain and it's so sometimes people make yeah. it difficult yeah. where it's so easy and straightforward sometimes it's you get there you play the music you've been doing uh -huh. this for years you've gone and play that's sometimes you get artists who haven't played the club circuit or who had you get thrust into it who have to really learn on the job but you know the artists that you see that have played in the clubs and have done this and done that it's a little easier because it's you, you know this is the same thing. It's just yeah, on a bigger yeah, scale. No doubt about it. But the same thing. You got to show up. You got to plug in your instrument. You got to do the sound check. You know, you 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 run through the show. Those right. things don't change. Right. You know, entertaining the audience. That's something you can yeah. control. You, you may not be able to control this or that or something. What time you go on. You went on later and whatever. But when you're on stage, you can control the interaction that you have with the fans Absolutely. and the audience. Absolutely. And, and and I and I tell people maybe if the audience is happy, if they're smiling, if you've performed for them, and you've been you know relatively pain free for the for the promoter, yeah, you'll come back about that. You know, and and they they asked me that too. They said, well, how do you how are you getting all these shows, man? I was like, a lot of these shows have come from you know yeah. the repeat shows because you know promoters log me in the back of their head. Yeah, man, this guy really entertained yeah. my people. My people loved him. The feedback from him was great. You know, you get one chance. Sometimes it's easier to yeah. get one chance, especially if you have a big record or something. They'll get you in, but to come back, that means you've you've done uh, done that's something. That's so true. And, and so, yeah. So that's that's what I pride myself on as well. I'm like, look, I, yeah. I want to come back. I want to continue to play for yeah. your your people, man. And I want them to say we want yeah. Roundtree back. So that's how I approach everything that's as good, well, man. That's really really good. Well, we want to take a little um, a listen to some more of your music. Uh, we're gonna play "Fluid" uh, from the from the album that uh, Lynn released by the same title. Um, let's play "Fluid."
All right, everybody. We just heard Lynn Roundtree with Fluid. And so you mentioned a few of your musical influences, Lynn, and I, I'm, take us through some of those, some of those folks again um, that have really that you look to for inspiration and guidance musically and that have influenced your sound? Um, well, two people, uh, Miles Davis, Quincy Jones, uh, Quincy for his ability to, uh, well, he's a trumpet yeah. player as well. A lot of people don't know that. Um, he played with and wrote for the great Clifford yeah. Brown and, and, and Art Farmer and all these people, you name it from that to, to the way he was able to go from jazz and infuse jazz with R and B and, put out all these arm, great R&B records, um, it, you know, that that it was one aspect mm-hmm. of my influence. The sound and the way he conducted his career, Miles Davis, was another one. Um, you know, it, the, how he continued to change the music, how he didn't settle for having to sound like yeah. Diz and Bird and all those guys, but he could hang with them, but he didn't have to, you know, do all of the, the ac- acrobatic stuff on, on his horn. He realized that, you know, he could he could pull back and he could create a, a song that was more music that was more accessible for people uh, to understand. I think he, in large part, uh, was one of the people that attracted more people to jazz than anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though he, he was the, the most technically proficient guy, he was able to, with his sound, uh, in, in, invoke, you know, connect with his listener's soul. And, and you know, from that, to Tom Brown and, and what he was able to do. Uh, when he came out again, he's you know background. He came from them, from yeah, Jamaica Queens. Yeah. People think Jamaica funk, funk for Jamaica. You know he had Marcus Miller and those guys. He was he was working with back then in Jamaica Queens, and 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 so he was you know again Donald Bird when he came out with his his uh, his funk stuff. Yeah, uh, you know cats like that. Freddie, so soul. Freddie Hubbard, so soulful. Lee Morgan, so soul. Roy Hargrove, again, so so soulful. Uh, you know, rest in peace, man. We lost mm-hmm. him too soon. But um, cats like that from the vocalist, man, uh, you know, I, I was when Neo Soul came out, man, okay. I was done. I was a Neo Soul uh-huh. head uh, when, when Erica Badu came out, when Jill yeah. Scott came out, when D'Angelo came out. I think I, I had to buy another CD for D'Angelo because I had scratched down uh-huh. one out. And so I, it, it was for me, that was, yeah. wow, this is where I am. I love this. And so that certainly was uh, was an influence. Uh, you know, from the old gospel singers and 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 music, the way they they put their emotion yeah. into singing for, for the Lord, yeah. you know, all of that combined has 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 been infused in me, and and it is what makes yeah, my music. Cool. You know, and like I said, and and like what Duke Jones said, done swing don't yeah. mean a thing. I don't care what you're playing. You know, again, I, I listen to other music, and I'm like, look, I'm, whatever it is, I listen to all genres of music, but. You know, to me, if it if it has yeah. soul, yeah. then it means something, man. It yeah. means something. And the music, some that sometimes people make songs and they just yeah. make it to yeah. make it, and they start playing some melodies, and you know, they play what's what's nice and appropriate, and you're hitting the right yeah. chords and all that good stuff. But it, yeah. I can't yeah. feel it, and and you know, that's 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 what I like. It's my influence, music that I can that's feel. Awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome, and I, I love that point that that it has to be something that you feel because there are some times where. You get introduced to things, and you like I, I went to a, a John Mayer concert about probably three years ago, right? And I, mm-hmm. I, I've not been a huge John Mayer fan. I've heard his music, right? I got yeah, to that yeah. show, and I got to tell you, man, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself after about two songs, I'm thinking this cat is probably <laughs> one of the top five guitar players in the world. 
Because yeah, he, he just made you feel it. And that's that's what it is. Yeah. You got to have that connection, you know? Yeah. That song that song he did was with Roy Hargrove, man. That, that, I forgot the name of the song, but that thing, man, I play that over and over and over again. It's such a simple, it's a basic yeah. song, man. It's it's doom, 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 doom. Yeah. That's the whole song, man. And 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 it just it just you yeah. just feel it. And so that's 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 me. And that's the type of music I want to make. Again, it's it's sometimes difficult because you know, you have to have a certain sound in order to get get on the radio and, and all this other stuff. But you know, I think I'm with the with me being able to connect with some of these producers. I think that's again the advantage of being able to the, the, the beauty of connecting is I can take the, my sound and introduce it to somebody who knows the smooth yeah. jazz sound or knows radio sound, and he can take what he's hearing from me and you know mold it like yeah. some clay. But right, I brought right, the clay. Right, right. I brought the I brought the clay. And he's got the little spindle, and both of us are using our hands to to, to make something out of it. But you know, so I think that's what I've learned, and to go back to how I create music, but you know. That, that you start with the soul, man. It's got to have some soul. You know, start Absolutely. with that clay. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, man, we appreciate that, man. So we're going to get into one more of your one more of your tunes today. Um, we're going to listen to your song, Release. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's play Release by Lynn Roundtree.
All right, everybody, that was released by Lynn Roundtree, and we have been chopping it up pretty good here. Lynn, there's this segment that we do in every show, and uh, it's called Bout It or Doubt It, okay? So if, if you bout it, it's something that you're feeling, <laughs> right? If you doubt it, it's something that you're not quite okay, into. Yeah. So you interested in playing? Yeah. All right, Yeah, cool. let's do it. I doubt it. All right. So what we're going to do, we're going to spin the wheel and get you a category. Wait a minute. I'm definitely bowed. That's Master P. I'm bowed about it. There you go, right? (laughs) (laughs) I forgot to even say that. I don't want to scare people. I love love my pop. There ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Me too. Me too. All right. We're going to spin the wheel and get you a category. All right. All right. Your category today is sports. All right. Cool. So I'm going I'm I'm to go to, I'm, I'm a, I'm a go to your, your, your town that I don't know if you still live there, but I know you spent some time there. The Detroit Lions. Bout it or doubt it. <laughs> oh, definitely. You can, you, that's a, I can't even get it out fast enough. Doubt it. Oh man! Oh man! One oh one oh one nine or nine and one. I they got tied tied the Steelers. No. Yeah, yeah, nine, man. Oh man! I, I find I'm in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I'm a Packer fan. But I find myself actually, of course, when they're not playing the Packers, I find myself rooting for the Lions now because I just want them to get on the board. I just want them to get on the board. You know. Yeah, I mean, when 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 my man the coach came out crying, I knew I knew the scenes was over. Yeah, you know, I was like, man, he's already crying, man. You guys should save that for the end of the season. Man. <laughs> you crying, crying mid season, man. Come on, man. Yeah, Detroit, y'all Come need on. some help, in Detroit. But I, I'm, I'm I'm hoping and praying that, that 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 y'all get some get at least one or two W's on the board. This one or year. ten, but I I but I definitely doubt it. I don't know. They haven't given me anything to to be doubted about before. All right, well, let's do one more. <laughs> let's do uh, bout it or doubt it. The new look Lakers. I doubt it, man. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm not in that. I, you know, all of these super teams they put together, um, you know, LeBron's hurt. Yeah. I love LeBron. I, I love him. I think he's a transcendent player. Uh, but I, I think his time is, is done. And you got you just saw the, the Suns and the, and, and the Warriors last night. I mean, who's beating either one of them? So right, right, know. right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm with you I, I, on that I, one, too. I doubt, the, I doubt the Lakers, especially with uh, what's his name, putting up uh, – Westbrook putting up, you know, doing doing the Westbrook thing. I don't, yeah. I don't think he's. I think he's a great player. I don't think he's great for the Lakers. I agree with you 100. percent I agree 100. percent I hope they, I hope they do. I mean, I'm a big Le- LeBron fan, but I just don't think that team is what everybody thought they were going to be. And I think you're right. I don't think anybody comes out of the West this year other than Phoenix or Golden State. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely doubt it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good, good, good. Well, Lynn, I got to tell you, man. It has been a it has been a joy chopping it up with you today, man. We thank you for your likewise, time. Likewise, we likewise. wish you nothing but the utmost in success. And I'm gonna tell our audience that I'm I had a conversation with your manager yesterday because we want to get you on our Fresh Coast Jazz Festival in 2023. Ooh, we love love to be there. Love to be there, man. Thank so, you. Any, any, anytime anybody wants to hear me play, toot my little horn. There you I'm go. There. All right, man. Well, hopefully <laughs> we'll see you in Milwaukee in 2023, man. Thanks, bro. All right, man. It, man. Blessings right. to you, brother. Thanks. Yeah. Same to you. All right. Have a great one. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, freshcoastjazz.com, to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. 
We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. 